0: Okay, thank you very much for being here today. Thanks for attending this year's Spring Break 2015 Relationship Conference, of course, presented by Akron Alliance Fellowship Church. (laughs) This is the place. (laughs) Um, We we really do hope that you have a great time here this weekend. I am glad to be here. We have had a, Lynn and I have had, just as a brief aside, we've had a crazy, last couple of weeks and really we have been kind of going non-stop ever since we got back from vacation just Mm -hmm. with and that was that was february Mm -hmm. and and we've of course had to deal with health issues with her dad and looking after my mom and all that and somehow uh the lord has been very gracious to allow us to be able to do this and and uh it was what not that it was touch and go but we were really kind of watching his health and where he was and and just as a brief update, um, he is recovering. He, they went in and did another scope today, and did some cauterizing with some veins uh, in his upper intestines that they said were bleeding before. So, and he is up uh, eating. Uh, when we checked in at the hospital, so he's mm-hmm. doing fine. And uh, he maybe we'll see if we can get him. He gets uh, discharged tomorrow. We'll see how it goes. So he is recovering. He's doing better. He said today he's feeling much better than he was when we went in. So that's always a win, and and we're very happy about that. So we've been kind of looking after him pretty much every day. Uh, We've been visiting the hospital every day. We've been checking in with him. We saw him earlier today before he went in for surgery. He's doing fine. I'm very glad to say that, and I wanted to report that to you because I know you guys have been praying about it. So I thank you for doing all of that. We hope that... um, You have a great time here this weekend. We want to make sure that you're um, inspired and encouraged by what God has to say to you about everything. Um, And just as a brief aside as well, too, um, let me make sure that I'm flipping ahead here to to be aware of the format for what we're doing. Um, We just want to make sure that you, uh, all of our relationship conferences, always take a look at in-depth relationships and communication with God and with other people—that's been the theme of all of our conferences. We've always tried to do that. We always try to reinforce the material biblically. Um, we don't—we will take information from others, but always everything that we do is always reinforced biblically. But that, we think that's very important. Um, we always encourage you to participate in these with discussion, um, participate in any way, shape, or form with comments. We try to provide handouts where we can. There's always writing materials, as you can see, for taking notes. We encourage you to do that. Uh, That's very important, and the folder helps out as well, too. And the most important thing for you to be doing, obviously, when you're here at the hotel, is to relax and have fun, if you're staying at the hotel. Because, hey, you're in a hotel, so enjoy yourself. I mean, that's what this is all about. Um, This is the only venue, frankly, that we do outside of Akron Alliance um, that I know of other than visiting other churches and stuff like that. And we kind of left this in the schedule every year just as a, as a break, doing something a little bit different. Uh, but we think it's a great way to fellowship with everyone as well too. And we also want to make sure that we thank the, uh, the people here at the Hampton Inn. They, they've been a great host for the last several years. We, we like this facility. We like the setup here. And um, they have been very gracious to keep the costs under control every year that we've done this. So uh, hat tip to them for doing that. If you were with us last year, and you remembered what the goal of the seminar was, was using your image to be a change agent for Christ, it was to help participants begin uh, and continue the process of developing a closer and healthier, vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ. That was the whole purpose of last year's seminar. Um, In order to be a believer in Christ, to grow in faith, you've got to do more as a person than just go beyond the basics. The the basics is the regular reading that you do, attending church, fellowshipping. That's all well and good, and that's important, and that's always very important. But we want you also to just continue to grow as a believer to your fullest potential. That's something that we've always tried to emphasize at Akron Alliance. We've always tried to emphasize that in Sunday school. And I trust that when Pastor Gus speaks, um, uh, when Travis spoke, Uh, Travis Jackson, when he spoke, he was trying to encourage everyone to do those very things. You're trying to really grow in your relationship that is going to bring praise to Jesus Christ. And I hope that that's been continuing in your life every year. We've been doing this particular seminar for nine years and covered a lot of different topics. And I hope that there has been some progression just in the way we presented material, the way we've been doing things, how we've been presenting material. Progress is the key in your faith walk. And we're going to now take a closer look at something this year, Um, and it's going to be dealing with relationships. It's no different from anything else we've been talking about, but we're going to talk about something this year that's very, very important. We're going to look at an area that is a hindrance to many relationship developments, whether it be with individuals or with God himself, and that's having a lack of forgiveness, a lack of forgiveness is a hindrance to relationships. And, you know, just for the sake of talking about holding a grudge against someone, for example, or having a grudge against a person or someone where maybe you're waiting for them to apologize to you, and that apology never comes. And, and understand that... We're going to talk about forgiveness all weekend long and what it means and how to overcome that. And we picked this topic a while ago because it stirred a lot of discussion. It stirred discussion in Sunday school. It stirred discussion where you've got people in your past or relationships where there hasn't been maybe it's any reconciliation. And if there is a block in those types of relationships, it can have a real effect on even how you're following Jesus Christ. And that's why we're going to spend a lot of time with that. If you don't deal with this area where there's unforgiveness you know, in both directions, it destroys relationships. It can destroy relationships. It can even hinder new relationships. Do you realize that if you're, for example, if you're remarried and you don't do something about that old baggage that's been taken care of in the first marriage, it can affect your second marriage. And I hadn't planned to mention that, but that's a very, very important issue where if you're not finding ways to deal with those things, that is a real impact on a relationship. And it has an effect on, you know, we can talk about following Jesus Christ all we want to, but if you don't deal with those issues, you're not reaching your greatest potential in relationships. So I, I just have to point that out. A lack of forgiveness ruins not only family interpersonal relationship it also hinders and even damages a healthy relationship with Jesus Christ so we're going to talk about that but we're also going to talk about how presenting this information this weekend with frequent references to your image which we presented last year to the group to show how you can develop as a believer who is a consistent in obedience to God's word and his will for your life that's going to make a big difference uh, so we're going to cover these things about image. We've, we've actually talked about this in Sunday school, too, about this image thing. And if you're looking at the bookmarks, you actually see those words that were word actually spelled out right before you. But it's very important for you to look at those very issues and as far as, are you doing everything to your potential as a believer to really overcome this thing that deals with unforgiveness? Okay? So that's why we're going to spend some time with that, too. And... The important thing here, too, is not even just so much dealing with this thing personally. I mean, if personally, if, it, if you can deal with those things, it's a win-win in dealing with past issues, but also being able to counsel others. I mean, that's what we can always take away from something like this. Maybe it doesn't apply to you. Maybe none of this has anything to do with you at all. You know, everybody's, everything is everything with everybody you have relationships with when it comes to forgiveness and all that stuff. But what about counseling other people? As a believer in Jesus Christ, we're supposed to be counseling others who need help. And it may come down to helping individuals who are struggling with this issue deal with it. And you've got to be real honest with yourself, too, when it comes to these things. Um, And and I'll freely share um, my own mother. I have to make sure that I'm always mindful of forgiving her for things that she used to do to me. And, that's, and we'll talk about that a little bit more as we go along, because I'm sure it's going to come up. That's the best example I have in my life about there are certain things you just have to really think about and, and come to peace with personally, because if you don't come to peace with those things, the anger, the bitterness will keep you from really growing as a person. Okay? So I, I'll just challenge you to be honest with yourself, because that's really going to be very important. I don't want you to feel like you have to share all your business with this group because that's not the point of this but I think that if you're being honest with yourself you're going to acknowledge if there are some things that you're holding on to you need to let go of okay a lack of forgiveness or receiving forgiveness as we noted earlier destroys relationships can a believer in Jesus Christ be effective in Christ as long as a lack of forgiveness is unresolved and My answer is absolutely not. You can't be. If there is any unforgiveness, if there's anything that you're harboring, that is a block. You cannot be effective. There are several reasons, but the most important one is that if forgiveness is unresolved in any way, shape, or form, then that means that Jesus Christ cannot possibly be the primary focus in your life. If it's unresolved, that means you're not focusing on Christ. If you're focusing on Christ that is where you'll begin to do any healing or resolution. But if you're not resolving forgiveness in your life one way or the other, Christ is being blocked out. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Christ is being blocked out. So you might have heard the lyrics of a song that declare nobody but Jesus. You've heard that song where you say nobody but Jesus. But the person who lacks forgiveness might as well sing anything but Jesus. Okay, you get that? If you, have, if you have unforgiveness, it's anything but Jesus. Jesus is not there. Jesus is not involved in the process. I, had, I pulled this. That's I'm probably impossible for you to read, so I'll read it for you. And this is actually a quote from Tyler Perry. Now, I'm not, a, I'm not a big Tyler Perry fan, but personally, some of you may be Tyler Perry fans. I don't really know. But the quote is actually pretty cool. It says, when you haven't forgiven those who've hurt you, you turn back against your future. Mm. When you do forgive, you start walking forward. Mm. I thought that was a great quote. Because it actually does affect your future. Yeah. If you're stuck in a certain area, you're not moving forward. Right. So, when you do forgive, you start walking forward. I thought that was a great quote mm. from him. Okay, And I want you to be aware of that one as well, too. So now, obviously, forgiveness in itself is impossible to cover in its entirety, frankly, over your entire lifetime, let alone this weekend. We're only going to be able to scratch the surface. There are dozens and dozens of Bible verses that talk about forgiveness. We're not going to go through dozens and dozens of Bible verses here. A lot of that stuff you could look up on your own. If you want to do a Google search of forgiveness Bible verses, you'll get this list, and you can go through them, and then you'd have to go and look at the context. But we're not going to do all that. There's no way we can cover all that between tonight and tomorrow before we leave here at noon. But we can do some very good initial looks at these things, and we're going to focus on areas of personal development and how we relate to other individuals to help us discover ways in which we can personally grow in our relationships with others and find ways to experience forgiveness and to forgive others. This is something that we can all learn and grow from. You know, you've said, I'm sorry before. You've said, you know, I forgive you for doing something wrong. But you can now even learn and grow from this discussion as to how that can even maybe don't take so long to say, I forgive you. You know, somebody does something to you. Maybe really (laughs) think about what a person is doing and try to relate to them a little bit more. Your blue handout, Psalm 32, I want you to take a look at that specifically. We're going to look at This passage, and that's why I mentioned to you that uh, you would need this handout and you don't need to have to worry about your Bible because the passage is right in front of you. But you'll notice Psalm 32 is what we're going to take a look at. And I'm going to read it and you can follow along, but I I do have an exercise that I want you to do in looking at this passage that we'll talk about. So it says at the top in verse 1, how joyful is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How joyful is the man the Lord does not charge with sin and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones became brittle from my groaning all day long. Verse 4, For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was drained (coughs) as in the summer's heat. Verse 5, then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not conceal my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you took away the guilt of my sin. Verse 6, therefore, let everyone who is faithful pray to you at a time that you may be found. When great floodwaters come, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place, you protect me from trouble. You surround me with joyful shouts of deliverance. I will instruct you and show you the way to go. With my eye on you, I will give counsel. Do not be like a horse or mule without understanding that must be controlled with bit and bridle or else it will not come near you. Many pains come to the wicked, but the one who trusts in the Lord will have faithful love surrounding him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous ones. Shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Okay, that's all of Psalm 32. Now, what I want you to do is go back and look at this passage again and write down the expressions of the psalmist. Look at what the psalmist is reading, is writing. Write down the expressions of the psalmist through the forgiveness process you can use your handout or use your notepad to do that but what are the first things that jump out at you when you look at this go back and look at verses 1 and 2 there's a word in verse 1 and 2 that's expressed and frankly is written up on the hand it's written up on the board here what's the first thing that you see that's being expressed here in verses 1 and 2 joy, joy. joy. now write that down because that's something you need to understand about what is it about forgiveness that is so important for you to pay attention to. What does forgiveness do in your life? And so the psalmist is giving you this clue about it being a joy to be able to say, hey, there is a release that's going on here. How joyful is the one whose transgression is forgiven? How joyful is the man the Lord does not charge with sin and whose spirit is no deceit? Who is the one who's giving joy in this situation? The Lord is. The Lord is the one who is giving, he is releasing a burden and allowing you to feel and experience joy because you're recognizing forgiveness. Okay? Let's go further on. What other word may jump out at you, I've written some key words down to help you along here, but look further along. What else can you see in this passage? What else do you feel... What happens when you're experiencing joy? What is the psalmist saying to you that he is experiencing? What is he feeling? Forgiveness. Definitely forgiveness. But I want I want you to tap into the emotions, taking away found. the guilt. The taking guilt away the healed. guilt. What does that mean when the guilt's being? What do you feel when the guilt's being taken away? Relief. relief. Write that word down. Relief. There is relief in this forgiveness. You're being relieved. Remember, when you are in sin, you are burdened, aren't you? There's a burden that takes place. And what you're now experiencing, because the Lord is lifting that burden, is relief. I mean, what do you do when you get a headache? What, do you, what are you trying to experience? Relief. You're trying to take something to alleviate a headache. That's what aspirin or Tylenol or whatever is supposed to do. You're trying to get relief, and eventually you will feel that. No more headache. What other words? Now I said the word burden before, but write down burdened under sin, because your relief is coming from being burdened under sin. And that's what the psalmist was saying. So that's essentially in addition to the relief. You you're, you're felt a burden because you're in sin. And now you're experiencing relief because that burden has been what? Lifted. Mm -hmm. What has to take place in order for you to experience this relief? What do you have to do with sin? You have to confess it. Confession starts the release process. You get that? Confession starts the release process. Now, this is something that is true certainly with God, but let's also personalize this a little bit, too. When you are trying to reconcile with someone, what do you have to do? You've got to own up. Who saw the report today? What did Johnny Manziel do today? Anybody pick pick up on that? Johnny Manziel? Oh, you guys don't get... Okay, I get yeah, updates yeah, yeah. all day long, okay? So I get news updates all day long. He apologizes. He apologized for his behavior. There you go. See Arella Arella's on. (laughs) But but understand something. But understand now he did apologize before he went into rehab. But now one of the conditions that you have to have if you're in a twelve step program or in a rehab is you've got to apologize to the people you did wrong. Mm -hmm. So he went and formally apologized. He said he also had personal apologies to make to certain people, private apologies, but he wanted to apologize to the fans. The teammates everyone that he let down but that's very important for you to do that is part of your recovery you have to confess to start the release process it's a reconciliation that's taking place okay so now you're you're up to date now to where johnny Manziel is you follow what this process means because now he's going to try to come back and play with his teammates and he has to rebuild trust with his teammates mm-hmm. because of what happened. Mm-hmm. But that's all part of the process. Okay? So what else has to, What else is this psalmist talking about? What's the key word if we're looking to the Lord for reconciliation? What should we be doing? Repentance. Repentance okay. Confession. Pardon? Confession. Confession. What are we doing, though, to, to express this to, to the Lord? What are we doing? Prayer. We're praying. Prayers. Prayer. Mm-hmm. Prayer is an element... Of this process you have to be praying in order to get this release to go on you got to be praying Lord forgive me right that's a prayer okay now what else is he expressing here as you read further down to the psalm what is the psalmist also saying that God is doing in this process of giving relief what else is taking place as you read further down the page the, he, he's re, restoring your strength. He's restoring your strength. Okay. Protection. Protection. That's another one. Make a note. The Lord is giving the person who is asked for relief protection, and I'll add to that deliverance from trouble. Protection and deliverance from trouble. Look, it's more than just feeling relief. Now you're depending upon, you're relying upon God in this restitution, this resolution that's taking place where God's going to give you protection and deliverance from trouble. And understand that if you look closely, God is speaking about this further on into the psalm. He's providing instruction and counsel with understanding. So now you're, so, you're back in fellowship with the Lord in this process, and now you hear the Lord speaking to you about what you're getting as a result of the fact that you decided to dump all your sins, cast all your cares upon him. You're asking for repentance, and the Lord responds to you and speaks to you. Do you understand that when you're in sin, you really don't have a relationship with God where you can hear him speaking to you? You are restoring that relationship. When you're in sin, remember, when you're in sin, you're basically, you're sinning, you're basically saying, I'm not interested in what God has to say to me. But now that you're actually going through this repentance process, now you're listening. He's able to speak to you. He's able to give you information that's going to help you with counsel, instruction, and understanding. Okay? Now there's one more thing. It's towards the bottom. What are you when you look at the last couple of verses? Let's look at verse 11. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous ones. Shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Now what is he saying to you in that verse? Maybe some couple of verses before that. The the fact that you are doing what? Just mark this down. You're trusting in the Lord. There's a trust in the Lord. And you're seeing his faithful love, and you are doing what? Because you've been made, been made righteous before him. What are you doing as a person? Shout, Shout you're rejoicing. 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 You're glad. You're happy. You want this relationship with God, and you're rejoicing because you know that you've restored that relationship. Mm-hmm. Now, look at all the stuff you just wrote down that you pulled from this passage. That is why we're having a conversation about forgiveness this weekend. Understanding what that means to you and what that means to another person you're dealing with when they feel like a relationship has been restored. All of these godly characteristics are coming out when we're talking about forgiveness. That's why forgiveness is important. That's why we're having a conversation about it today. Does anyone have any questions about this? We're going to come back to this when we come back later and and allow for some discussion about this area, and and we have some other things we're going to do uh, afterward, kind of ease into the program a little bit more, but I wanted you to get this little taste of what this joy of forgiveness means, and why it's important, and why you need to take the time to really think about relationships in your life that are broken. And just speaking about myself, I can think of two or three. <laughs> all of us have them. If you're being honest about it, all of us have them. They're broken relationships. And I understand something. It's not so much about what the other person does in response to you. It's about how you're dealing with it. Because ultimately, it's going to come down to your saying, I forgive that other person for what they did to me. And you may not get a penny in return. Okay, You may not get anything in return, but it comes down to how you're handling that. If you're holding a grudge over something, or someone's in your head, and you're allowing them to be in your head, and they don't know anything about it, but that's you doing that to yourself, and you're hurting yourself. Okay. So with that in mind, we want to make sure that we're satisfying all the, the people here um, in this room who are waiting to eat, Charles. Charles. Uh, <laughs> We we actually are here at the dinner break. See, this is how we do this thing every year. And there are several restaurants, that might be a little small, but there are several restaurants here in the immediate area within a very short driving distance. Texas Roadhouse and TGI Fridays are literally right across the street. Um, Rockney's is over by Hudson, Allen Road at Hudson Drive, Panini's. Bob Evans is down the road. Red Lobster is down the road. Applebee's down the road. All of those are great options. If you want to eat, uh, I'm going to Friday's, because uh, it's close. Um, and we literally try to allow a lot of time for dinner. We don't rush dinner, because we know Friday nights are challenging sometimes as far as getting in and sitting down and, and getting the food. So just please be back by 7.45. We'll pick up at 7.45, and we'll be done for the evening by 8.30. Okay, So we're going to break for dinner right now, and... Please enjoy yourself. Dinner's on you. Until Akron Alliance gets this huge Yeah. Until Akron Alliance gets this huge slush fund budget to pay dinner. Dinner's on you, okay? But we thank you for being here. I hope that this is a great introduction. We'll see you back and we'll pick up at 7:45. You can leave your folders there. You don't need to take them. Um, we'll close the room up and lock it up. Um, we'll be back and, and open up at 745. You can leave, up. leave whatever you want here. It's going to be secure.
1: Huh?